Yeah. Hi. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you messed it up already. Oh. I'll beep it out. Okay. Hi, D. How are you? Um, I'm good. I'm, uh, I'm like a little tired, but I'm good. Yeah, I mean, we're recording on a Sunday evening, late, yeah. late afternoon, so same, sames. How was your weekend? Uh, um, it was pretty chill. I didn't, I went out for dinner on Friday, which is unusual for me. I haven't really been going out very much, mm-hmm. um, but I went out to dinner and then to a, a small neighborhood bar near my house, which, and it was like pretty empty um but yeah um it was it was nice because like yeah i just haven't been going out very much so yeah um it was nice yeah how about you uh yeah it was okay like i spent i mean this week was kind of like crazy work-wise so um Mm -hmm. and then i went to see some friends yesterday like a house party um so it was yeah it was good to reconnect with some old friends but nice. I mean, we'll, 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 I mean, I'll, I can talk more about that later. It was a bit of a strange experience because, like, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's because I have a mild agoraphobia because of, you know, all this COVID shit that's happening. So it's kind mm-hmm. of like getting used to actually going back out and being sociable and extroverted. It takes a lot of energy for me nowadays. <laughs> I'm kind of just like, I'm okay just to sit at home. Yeah. Play with my dog and, you know, <laughs> do some painting. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I feel you. I mean, I also like I really think twice about going out these days. So I I, I understand for sure. I know. And to our listeners out there, we're doing something slightly different this week because uh, I think both D and I are kind of tired. <laughs> yeah. And also because I think you know we wanted to like you know try something new. Because um, mm-hmm. I think with um, all of our previous episodes, we've kind of like, you know, we stuck to a certain thematic and then we kind of like, you know, have segments and we kind of talk through them, which I think is great. I think we'll definitely, you know, follow that um, structure. But I think once in a while, we kind of just want to, you know, be more current with our discussions. Because, you know, when we record, um, you know, it takes some time to kind of edit it and then publish it. So I think with this way, where we're just having a conversation, we can, you know, be more in tune with what's happening in the world currently or as current as possible. Um, And yeah, and it gives us a chance to talk about something, you know, some topics that we, you know, probably wouldn't talk about in a full episode. Like, you know, smaller things, you know, small themes. um, But yeah. I think that's that's let us know if you you know like this format and maybe we'll try to do a bit more in the future yep um yeah so today we're going to review a little queer comics anthology um and and just chat so yeah it's a bit like more loose and freeform um than than our usual episodes as i said which have a, a clear like theme we're gonna talk about yeah, and then we'll, you know, D and I will probably, you know, go through our, you know, past couple of episodes and gives you some behind the scenes thoughts and see whether our opinions have changed since then. Uh, but yeah, should we start with the comic mm-hmm. mythology? Let's do it. Um. So yeah. So we bought stories for a cause which is a queer 
Malaysian comic anthology, and it features um, six, uh, five, five comics mm. by different queer writers and artists. Some of them, I think five of them were written and drawn by the artist. And then the, there's one that was um, like, it had two creators. So it had a writer and an artist as well. And yeah, and they are about different LGBTQ experiences. Some of them seem to be more autobiographical. Some of them are like kind of fiction or yeah, inspired by experiences that the writers or artists had. Um, and, and it's quite varied, I would say, in terms of the themes they, they touch on and the queer experiences that they, they talk about. Yeah, and um, I think they're all written by Malaysians, right? If yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, I mean, if you want to, you know, pause here and, you know, go buy the book before we kind of... Well, we won't give you spoilers. We just kind of review what we thought about, you know, the, the storyline and how it kind of resonated with us. But mm -hmm. uh, where can we find it again? Is it Tabung Pelangi? Yeah, so it's it's um, it's um it was created by Tabung Pelangi. Um, it was sponsored by Hiveworks Comics and then Tabung Pelangi, I think they, they put out a call for submissions and they they selected the the comics and put this together. So yeah, um, check it out. It's like $8. So I think it's like 32 ringgit-ish. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's, and, and then you get like a, a, a digital copy of the anthology, which is quite nice. Yeah, and it's uh, at T-A-B-U-N-G-P-E-L-A-N-G-I for those who can't speak Malay. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it means, it means okay. um, rainbow fund in Malay. Yeah, basically. Tawong Palangi, it means rainbow fund. Yeah. yeah. And they're on Instagram and Twitter, right? I think. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So yeah, check them out. So what did you think of um, the stories? Um, I really liked them, and I think my favorite—I had two favorites. Um, well, I don't know. I liked all of them. You know, can I guess I, which is okay. your favorite? Yeah, yeah. Guess which one's my favorite. The second one. The second. Um, that that had a lot of resonance for me. Yeah, yeah. I when I when I read the first and second one, I was like, uh, D, did you write this? Because it's basically <laughs> like what we've spoken about <laughs> from your point of view. I mean. I mean, yeah. Yeah, the first one was kind of like, you know, about uh, two um, uh, cis, I guess, gender women yeah. uh, in high school. Um, and then the second one was about, um, I think, non-binary person um, sort of in the digital world, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, yeah. the second one is um, Alter Ego by Melian Ho, and it's about a non-binary um, person who has who is out online but not in their re, re, offline world mm -hmm. and about the kind of dissonance they feel like kind of the how how they feel like you know they have two selves and that's like currently how what's safest or how it's safest for them to be um and you know that's very much my story i'm like queer online and not in all aspects of my offline world. So that was like, yeah. But I actually, um, I really liked Namesake, um, mm. which is the, the fifth one. Yes. And um, so it's about like a, um, the, the protagonist, the main character 
um, has a name that was given to her by, um, actually, I'm not sure if the characters pronouns are she, her, but like, yeah. So the characters has a name that is like a, a quite traditional feminine name and, and like, doesn't feel, you know, that that name belongs to the character. Like when mm-hmm. people call the character by that name, um, the, the, the person feels like invisible basically. And then, mm. yeah. So I won't, I won't spoil it beyond that, but that's, that's the concept. And I, I really liked the art and I liked the story. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think that was actually my favorite yeah, it's by uh, I have it in front of me. It's by Julia Han- Honey Hanny I don't H A double N I E. Um, I might be mispronouncing that. If I am, I'm sorry. Uh, but actually, that was my favorite too. Mm-hmm. Out of the five, I think yeah. for me, um, it resonated in the sense that because like I don't know whether you realize it because like at the end of the uh, anthology, they actually um, the writers actually give a brief description of what it's about. Yeah. Um. So in the beginning, when I read this, I was a bit confused. Um. Because I was like, "Oh, okay." Like I wasn't really sure how it tied back to the rest of the stories. Um. Until the end, obviously. But I was kind of uh, like in the first pages. Um. It was kind of I wouldn't say dark, but it had a bit of a ambiguity. Um. And then when I read the 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 artist's um description of it, it actually talks about how uh, he or she um the character sorry. Um, saw spirits or had a spiritual sort of um, experience when she was younger, um, and then that that's how it informed um, sort of her her journey, uh, which we get to see in the in the books, uh, which resonated with me because like you know I'm going through this whole like spiritual shit right now, which is kind of like oh okay I don't know what's happening, uh, but yeah it it I, it was probably the one that um, was. It had a deeper meaning uh, to me personally. Um, and then the other one that I liked um, was the, f- I guess the first one um, when, let me just get the name of it. Do you have it? Yeah, you. it's um, As Close As I'll Get. Yes. Um, yeah, I guess that is, I won't say a typical experience, but I think I definitely experienced that kind of um What's the word I'm use- I should be using here? Um, not to say ambiguity and not confusion, I guess. Hmm. Conflict? Yeah, I would say, yeah, that kind of conflict when, you know, when you were growing up. And I think we both kind of touched about, about this in our first episode, right, when we were coming out. Um, and yeah, it just kind of felt, you know, it harkened me back to those high school days um, when I did you know, I had a, had a really intense crush on... Do you know this guy? Have I told you? I'm uh, sure you know who it is. Yes. I, yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know who you're talking about. Um, yeah. And I don't think I knew you had a crush on him. Oh, you did? Oh, I no. Did. Yeah. yeah. Then, but I, I'm not surprised. I like As soon as you were like, I had an intense crush, I guessed who it was. <laughs> but... I'm pretty sure that you didn't tell me at the time. Oh, Not at the yeah, time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, um, I mean, like, I've told him now. Like, we're both, like, we're cool. He has a baby now with his wife, which is pretty cute. Um, But, yeah, we are, like, you know, we're friends. Like, I don't feel that way about him anymore because, you know, 
it's so long ago. Right. But yeah, it kind of reminded me of 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 of, of that experience of mine, which was like, oh, you know, a bit of nost- nostalgia. <laughs> and ironically, it was his birthday yesterday, so I'm like. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Do you still, do you still like, you know, does like something in you twinge when you think about him like now? No. <laughs> and like, maybe I'll edit this up. You know, I mean, it's, we've all been there. We've all like, look back. I mean, definitely the boys I crushed on when I was a teenager, I, I'm like, even then they probably weren't that cute. And like, I'm sure they're not now. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, like. I mean, and obviously, I mean, he's straight, right? Yeah. So, like, in my view, like, straight men, as they grow older, they kind of lose their appeal <laughs> by, as time passes by. Well, because most of them don't put any effort into, like, exactly. grooming and stuff, you know? <laughs> like, that's, yeah. So Exactly. As as gay men, you know, I think as you you know, as time goes by, you kind of up your game every year, like, oh, okay, yeah. I mean, physically, I mean, this yes. is all aesthetics-wise. Um, as, uh, uh, but it's the opposite for straight men. We kind of, like, we kind of go, like, different levels. Like, you know, generally speaking, obviously, this is not to say everyone is. Um, but, yeah. But what did you like about um, As Close As I'll Get? Did it? Um, I liked it because it's, like, yeah, it is, it is, like, you know, that confusion that you might experience as as a young queer person in Malaysia, um you know and there's a line like the the character is like very questioning like oh no like what's happening but at the same time is very sure of her feelings um towards this other girl like it's it's a crush on another girl that is like kind of bringing up this this like confusion and conflict in her um and i just it was just like very sweet and innocent and it was like you know i mean like the affection between these two girls is very like innocent and I, and it's like, you know, it, it's just like what's allowed within the, the limits of their world, which I thought was just nice to like highlight that, like, you know, despite the, 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 the homophobia and stuff, like you can still experience these small sweet moments of, mm-hmm. of queerness, you know, with, with your peers and Yeah. Like maybe, you know, you you don't actually have like a, what other people might define as a relationship, but like there is like a tenderness and intimacy you experience. And I I just like that it captured that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, So we've talked about the first and second story. Uh, The third one, I'm not going to try and pronounce it because I'm going to get it wrong. Do you know how to pronounce it? I looked it up. Um, It's, I think it's Snehidani. Or yeah. Snehi- I've seen it transliterated with, so it's spelled S-N-E-H-I-D-H-A-N-E. So it's like transliterated from Tamil. And I've mm-hmm. seen it transliterated. I was looking it up on YouTube um, as Snehitane as well, like T-H-A-N-E. But yes. Um, uh. Yeah. And I really, I like that a lot. So like the concept of it is that it's... Um, it's a it's a it's a Tamil song. Uh, it's a Tamil song that is, I think, quite famous. And um, is it? Oh, okay. I yeah, I think it is. I I've never heard of it before, but um, yeah, I think it is because I w- there's like lots of covers of it on YouTube and stuff. Mm. Um, and it's and the concept of the comic is that it's like a, a music video, um, for the song, but reimagined between uh... two men. 
like two brown boys basically yeah okay i did not get that at all like, <laughs> so i'm yeah i thought it was just a story and it, i mean i didn't realize like the words were the lyrics is the lyrics of the song right I'm yeah i think i think the, yeah. the 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 words that and so they did the it's like bilingual basically like you have the words in both um in tamil script and then in the romanized letters and english so mm. it's like it's a nice i like that it was bilingual um yeah and i also liked the style of the panels and stuff like i felt like you know it's quite visually distinctive and i like that um yeah and and um and it was also like i liked that it was very ordinary you know like the scenes mm -hmm. are very you know it's like them chilling at home or in their car or um yeah it's just like small moments of intimacy and yeah. um you know and and i i like that it's like it's 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 something you don't often see like two um indian men enjoying like this kind of intimacy um you don't you don't really have that represented very often and so i, I yeah. it was i i really like that too yeah i wonder if there's like a like another layer of, of meaning that you know obviously I, i'm not able to appreciate um because obviously i didn't realize it was song lyrics but i wonder if there is like a deeper meaning to it i mean i don't know i mean maybe there is one but if anyone out there knows feel free to let us know um because i'm thinking like there might be i mean maybe the original video was mm -hmm. similar to this i don't know yeah but so they they had like a bit of a um like like the the pre there's like a little preamble to the comic like um that so apparently they made a music video that was supposed to be used for a theater production and so the the visuals for the comic are based on that um but um i think so and then there's, there's a little disclaimer that um the person who had written the lyrics has been accused of sexual harassment of violence of some kind of uh kind mm. and you know they said like we don't endorse his work and we believe and stand by the people who have accused and been harmed by this person so i think that's interesting as well that it's like a song presumably written um by a straight man for for like a straight relationship yeah. and then it's like that person has then been accused um of sexual violence or harassment and like i don't know that that i think in a way like that tension between that and like the tenderness you do see um mm -hmm. is interesting and 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 i think also cool because it's like sort of reclaiming it from like a a straight gaze and yeah because it's like it's yeah. about like the first line of it is like um oh my love my secret love and you know mm. um it's it's i don't know i guess like yeah it because it, it takes on a different meaning when it's like when you're saying someone is your secret love and it's someone of the same gender so yeah i i liked that and i and yeah i like just like the small intimacies they were wanting with each other yeah so. and the fourth one is called the t word <laughs> which 
was quite traumatizing to read. Yeah. <laughs> At least, I mean, not traumatizing, but, you know, it was a difficult read. Um, yeah, I would... For me. I, I think I... I when I, I and it there's a content warning for that one right I believe mm-hmm. um, yes. that that it's going to discuss um, you know think like basically queer violence violence against queer people um, and yeah that it that it talks about drug use and surgery so yeah like proceed with caution um, and I mean for me like because it so it references since we we. So yeah, it talks about queer violence and I'm going to talk about the specific instance of queer violence here. Um, one of the things that it talks about is um, the caning of the two lesbian women in Kelantan, oh no, Trunganu. Um, and it brings up like, you know, conversion therapy and that kind of stuff. Um, and it use, there's like slurs that are used by people. So yeah, it's like, it's a lot of heavy stuff in this one. Um, yeah. I think it ultimately has like a triumphant um, arc to it, but yeah, it does definitely deal with some heavy, heavy things. Um, but, you know, I mean, I think yeah. that's to be expected in, in an anthology about the queer experience in Malaysia. And um, yeah, and I think, yeah, but just be be aware that it does, you know, um, talk about queer violence and and for me personally, like the the mention of that the um, the caning like case mm. is is for me personally quite upsetting. Like that was very, yeah. um, I would say, like traumatizing for me when I when that was happening when that in the news and. Um, and that sort of prompted my kind of public coming out. There was like a little blip on your side, I think. Yeah, I don't know what that is. I still heard okay. it, but I'm not moving. Okay. So yeah, so it, for me, that that was an incident that kind of prompted my own personal kind of coming out on the internet. So, yeah, it was, yeah, and it, but but I think, and I think visually it was quite interesting how, this comic is laid out because it incorporates like it's sort of mixed media. It's not just the, the drawings. It's also, it takes headlines and like newspaper articles. Yeah. Yeah. And and incorporates them into the comic and, and the way it's laid out like in a grid um, is quite interesting, but yeah, it is what, yeah, you, you said you found it hard. What did you think of it? I, I mean, I find it hard because of, I mean, it's an experience that I'm not familiar with. But you know, you read you know this story um, a lot in the media nowadays, right? Um, especially since you know, like we started this podcast, you know, like you know, you, you go on Instagram feed, and um, obviously this week is um, Trans Awareness Week. Is that correct? Yeah. Is it called Trans Awareness um, Week? Today is no. It does not work. Trans. It's like trans visibility like this is so it's like the week of it's trans visibility week this week and then next week is trans day of remembrance which is a like correct which is because unfortunately um like many trans people suffer quite violent like suffer violence and unfortunately Mm -hmm. um it's to commemorate people who have died because of of the violence they experience because of their gender identity so yeah i mean it's it's timely in a way to that this also Mm. came out like now yeah so yeah i mean definitely it's something that i mean i can't 
I mean, I don't have that that lived that first-hand experience, right? But obviously, when you read about all the stories of trans violence, you know, across the world, and also, I think Queer Lapis did one um, for the Malaysian community. Or is it not, not Queer Lapis? I think it was Pluho? I think it was Pluho. Yeah, people like us hanging out. Yeah. Yeah, did. yeah I think they did a, a piece on it recently, right? Um, and Justice for Sisters yeah. as well. They, I, they put out a basically like a report on like how much um they basically like these are the cases that have happened this year and and the kind of harassment trans people are experiencing right now yeah and it's yeah it's it's really you know it's it's, i mean it's not even sad it's it's beyond sad i don't even know what the voice it's you know you feel disheartened by it right because you know that you know there are people you know um in the world that's going through this and there's a siren. <laughs> Interesting. Um, so yeah, so I, I felt like really, you know, sad, but also hopeful in a sense that at least, you know, this these stories are actually getting out there and I hope everyone kind of reads it and then, you know, it's, it's, it, it starts a dialogue and conversation, which I mean, should have started a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and I think one of the things that is interesting is also like the use of really like the bright colors, which is in contrast to the um, storyline, which I thought was pretty, um, not say interesting, but it was not something I was expecting. Right. You know, the brights of like, you know, yellows and the red hues, but you know, when you actually read through the content, it's, you know, it brings out the, 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 the contrast of the story a bit more, which was good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think it's, and I think, I mean, it's, it, it feels hard to feel like we are experiencing wins as queer people, right. In Southeast Asia. But I Mm -hmm. feel like this anthology wouldn't have been possible like five or 10 years ago. Um, And, Mm. and I think the fact that um, we like it exists at all is like great. I mean, like that was Mm. many years ago now, I think like more than like say 18 years ago, I think was when body to body was put out and it was an anthology of queer writing. Um, And since then there hasn't really been, another one so it's like it's taken quite a while and body to body i would say like all the comics in this are good right like the the writing and the the visuals are all beautiful um and body to body uh the writing is quite hit and miss (laughs) i read it I, i like i didn't even finish it and on and funnily enough (laughs) <laughs> um, the best story in there is actually written by a straight guy. It's like, <laughs> um, sadly, yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, I think I think it's important that this exists, and the cover is very beautiful. It's illust- um, the cover is designed by Nadir Noor, who is a queer um, illustrator, and um, I really like his work. So you should check it out. But yeah, like definitely buy this because I think it's like quite important, and and it's nice to support local queer artists. How was your week? Like, you know, in terms of feeling good, did anything make you feel good? Uh, 
like a story, something Some, happening, something you read, something you watch. Well, I've been reading this book called The Fixed Stars by Molly Weisenberg. And it's a memoir. It's about a woman who thought she was straight and identified as straight for like most of her life. And then she was, mm-hmm. and she was already married. She was married and she had a kid and um, she was in her, I think early to mid thirties. And she was summoned for, this is in the U S so she was summoned for jury duty. And when she was at the trial, um, the defense lawyer, one of the defense lawyers was this butch woman and she just found herself suddenly like very drawn to this woman and like very attracted to her. And she was just like, what's going on? Like I, you know, um, and she was like kind of obsessed with this woman for a while. And then finally like they meet and she realizes that she is maybe not straight anymore. Um, and I, is this no, fiction it's, it's nonfiction. Fiction. It's a memoir. Okay. Yeah. So okay. it's, um, and it, I thought it was a really interesting exploration of female sexuality because I think um, I, we've talked about this before, but like, I don't think it made it into the podcast, like how, like, I don't quite agree with the born this way narrative or like, I don't think that it's, it should be the only narrative about being queer. Like I understand why it exists. And for some people it is, I mean, you said like you understood very young that you were gay, right? Um, mm-hmm. So what this memoir does, what I liked about it is like one, I think it's just like well-written. And then she also quotes a lot of other writers and she looks at research into women's sexuality um, and found that because she was like trying like part of the memoir is like her trying to understand like how this happened right like was it that she was closeted like she was gay all along and she was closeted and then um it's only in her 30s that she suddenly was able to come out um or is it that her sexuality changed when she got older and she found research that there is a difference in how men and women seem to develop. Like, first of all, women's sexuality is understudied. Like a lot of study um, of sexuality tends to focus on men. Um, So women's sexuality is understudied. But this one researcher whose work was published in 2009, so it's already out of date by now, um, she tracked 100 women's sexual fluidity Um, And the researcher found that women were more likely to experience sexual fluidity. So like they may have identified as straight for like a significant part of their lives, but then later on, depending on the circumstances of their lives, um, they may actually find their attraction and desire changing to fit the circumstances that they're in. And um, it might change later on. Like, so they might, you know, date women for a while and then go back to dating men. Um, but that doesn't mean necessarily that they were closeted before and they're going back to being straight. Um, it's just that, yeah, like women's sexuality is is more fluid than men's is like, I think the conclusion of that um, study. And I, I, I think I feel, I really like that resonates with me as somebody, you know, mm. who has dated a lot of men, but has dated um, 
both women and people who aren't men and um you know yeah and like i i do think there's some truth in that and in, in that women's sexuality is more fluid yeah i definitely think there is a underrepresentation of you know the female queer mm -hmm. voice if i would say because even if you look at the podcast like the lgbt ones most of them are yeah. by gay men like predominant predominantly they are so I feel, you know, you know, your experiences and, you know, these kind of stories, you know, does, you know, it, it, it holds a candle to it, you know, with any other stories right, that is out there. Um, so, I mean, I can't speak to it, obviously, but I think because for me, I guess it was, you know, like I said before, it was pretty much like, yeah, I knew I was gay, like, you know, from an early mm -hmm. age. So, um, and I didn't really, I mean, yeah, I had a couple of girlfriends. <laughs> you included for two days <laughs> cough, cough. um but yeah i think like you know so i i guess i don't think i'm attracted to women sexually in that way but yeah and i guess it, it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive does it like i mean the bond is narrative versus the you know sexual yeah. is fluid narrative like do you i mean i haven't done a lot of research on it i haven't really read up but you know, just talking about it now, like, I don't think it's... Yeah, I don't think it has to be an either-or situation. I think some people may, like, find that they are... They've always known that they were gay or they understand that they're gay quite young. Um, and I think some people will just experience fluidity and, like, less need for labels. Um, and I think some... I mean, I think gender is so like socialized like how we experience gender so course, i think yeah. you know i mean i think culturally as well you might find in, in some places like maybe it is more acceptable to for your your orientation um to change over time depending on circumstances and stuff so yeah i think i think yeah so i don't think it's mutually exclusive but i think you know i i you know i'm always an advocate for more narratives for making space for more narratives of how we're queer and how we discover our sexuality um yeah so so yeah i think it's just like good to know and i really recommend it to women who are um think they might be bisexual or think you know who have primarily been with men or experienced attraction to men but are now starting to question whether that's really their full sexuality um and and i would say that yeah like check this book out because it it i feel like it would have helped me um at a different point in my life when i was really struggling to understand like whether i was what whether i was straight or not and and she she uses the phrase not straight to describe herself and for a, quite a while <laughs> that's how i identified i was like i would say i'm not straight you know mm. Um, when I couldn't really put my finger on how I identified, I would say I'm not straight. So yeah, I would really recommend it um, to uh, to women out there who are kind of questioning or like not sure of how to label themselves. What's the fixed again, stars. The f Molly I... Weisenberg. Yeah. Did you, did you get a hard um, copy? I or? got an E. Uh, I, bought, I bought it for my Kindle. Ah. Yeah. Ah, okay, so... It's yeah, you can get it on Kindle. And, yeah. 
Yeah, I think anecdotally speaking, like I spoke to a couple of, you know, my friends who listened to our first episode, um, and then they kind of like recounted their experience, and and most of them um are, are female, and they were saying that they had friends who are friends who are friends. I don't know, um, that you know after a long sort of marriage with a man, you know, divorce, and then you know had started a relationship with a woman, um, it's. I find that, in a way, yeah, I think it is more frequent that I hear these stories at least. Um, maybe I'm just not mixing with the right, you know, people to hear, you know, the opposite gender, like men who marry women and then, you know, start dating boys, which is quite rare. I mean, not, um, not like, on... uh, like I think when men, especially in Malaysia, like if they and if they're, if they enter into marriages with women and are gay like they know that they they know they they're yeah. trying like they marry women to sort of continue being in the closet not yeah exactly yeah so it, yeah i've not heard one where they've you know you know they identify as straight and then suddenly there's this point in their life when they realize that oh maybe mm-hmm. i'm not it's almost always you know what you say where they're you know they marry you know to you know for family reasons or whatever, but they 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 entered a marriage knowing that they are gay, or at least were suspicious mm-hmm. that they were. Um, but yeah, it's rare to hear the the um, the opposite. But yeah, some there might be some truth in that, I guess. What's the research that you've been reading on? The um, it was, it's like it's it was like she references it. Um, like ah, okay. I, I think the in the book, in yeah, the book she lab, talks sure. about it. Um, and it's it's it is a book it, like it's it, it's like it's like a book she read and then she like felt like it um mm. lisa diamond is the researcher um and it's about sex yeah so sexual fluidity yeah lisa diamond is the is the author yeah so you can look that up um i'll i'll find the link and put it in the, the episode details um, sexual fluidity, understanding women's love and desire. That's the book. So, um, maybe check it out too. If you, um, find yourself questioning. Maybe let's take a step back. It's just like, you know, like what, what, what made you want to do a podcast? Uh, what about for our listeners, listeners. what made me want to do a podcast? I don't know. I think, um, so you had suggested, a podcast before Mm -hmm. and i think i I can't remember what your original i feel like one of the ideas was like watching kopitiam and then like reviewing it um or like something about like across the causeway like comparing our lives or something i think uh, yeah i reached out to you once and then i can't remember what I think I just was like, do you want to do a podcast? And you're like, I'm busy. And I'm like, okay, bye. And then it was, like, I think a few weeks later, then I was like, do you want to do a podcast? Here's two ideas. One is review copy them and the other one is what we're doing now. Uh, but I can't remember. Yeah. And then I was uh, like, yeah. when you suggested the, like this talking about being queer in Southeast Asia, I was like, yeah, I want to do that. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, the first time you contacted me, I was like, oh, I'm too busy. Um, I think I was at the yeah. point in lockdown where I was just like, I couldn't handle very much. <laughs> yeah i think yeah um yeah for me i think you know when i asked you i think the first time i was like oh my god i'm so bored and then the second time i think i really like 
thought about it and then I thought like okay if I really want to do this like what would it be then that's why you know I came up with the concepts and you know it was also after my breakup so I'm not gonna lie that it was <laughs> cathartic in a way for me to be doing something you know that doesn't revolve around you know right. my ex or dating and ugh, even the words like <laughs> shudders um yeah so I mean I'm glad we we um we're in episode yeah, eight now, wow. so like Woo! what a like journey. Um, I I I mean I've like yeah I I don't know what my expectations were, but it's been very fun and it's been like a nice way to like like reconnect with you as well because like we haven't seen each other in a while and like yeah like we we are more in contact now obviously because we like record this and like talk about episodes and stuff, mm. so that's been nice and um. And yeah, it's just fun to to talk about the stuff we talk about, and even when it's intense. Um, and and I and I've received some nice feedback, you know, from from both friends and like our listeners who have enjoyed listening. Um, so it seems like yeah. you know, I, I we had no idea whether like people would be into it or not. And but there there are some people who are into it, so that's yeah. cool. Yeah. And can I just say, after our podcast, I feel like there are other podcasts that just appear suddenly <laughs> in the same genre. <laughs> cough, cough. If you're listening, you know who you are. Cough, cough. Which aren't as good. Uh, um, <laughs> so yeah, you know. <laughs> no, I'm JK, JK. Like, I just said, like, I'm I'm here for more narrative. So yes, like, but I do think that the, um, okay, like, not to stereotype, but I feel like a, some of the, like yes, I think you're right in that it tends to be more gay men who do podcasts, and I think we tackle sort of weightier things than like some of the other gay podcasts yeah. that are around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is you know not to say that you know yeah. one is better than the other. I think sometimes you know depends on what mood you're in. If you're looking for an intellectual <laughs> debate, you know. Subscribe, like. Yes, especially if you're us. straight. Remember, you can be an ally by giving us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Um, easy way to earn your ally button. Um, yeah. So, do you think anything has changed since we recorded episode one, which was uh, about coming out? Which I guess we didn't yeah. really talk about, you know, anything too controversial or conceptual yeah. stories, right? Um, but I guess a response from that. Would yeah, be I, I, I mean, I don't, I feel like my opinions haven't really changed on anything. Like, I still would like something more transformational than mar like gay marriage. Like, you know, um, mm -hmm. Which yeah. We covered in episode two. Yeah, that was. I was. I, I was very. I felt very intense. Not say intense. I felt very. I don't know. Like when we recorded that that episode, I don't remember, but I felt there was something not right about it. I don't know why. And even editing that episode was a mission right. for me at least. Um, I think it was, I mean, obviously, because, you know, with my called off engagement slash relationship, I think it kind of like, right. it was very triggering to do it. It was still good to do it for sure. I don't regret it. But I think like, you know, as I was, you know, in my mind, like trying to, you know, come to terms with the loss of something, but at the same time trying to conceptualize why I'm for it. It was kind of like a, an interesting crossroads that I had to yeah navigate yeah i i can imagine that that was yeah. like intense for you and you said i think you said that like when we were mm. like because when we recorded the bullying and microaggressions you're like this is less intense than the marriage yeah. one i was like really like <laughs> yeah we're gonna talk about <laughs> slurs and like 
Yeah, I guess like okay, I think with the bullying one for me it was kind. Of, I think it's, it was for me at least when we recorded it, and actually now like it's kind of water under the bridge, which I think I mentioned. So I don't feel those kind of those stories. You know the 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 power of those stories right. had over me is very much weaker than the mm-hmm. marriage one, I suppose. Um, but obviously the microaggressions is still something that you know yeah. I think we both face and um you know at work you know even in in um in our personal lives and you know like i, I told you earlier that i went to a, um like a yeah. dinner party yesterday right and i was i'm mostly almost always the one queer person whenever i hang out with mm-hmm. my high school friends or uni friends and i don't know i just feel like when i was there and they were just kind of talking and you know they were talking about you know some topics that you know I covered or we covered in in the in the podcast, and they know I do the podcast. But it almost seems like, how do I put this? Like for a gay person's or queer person's experience to be appreciated, you have you. It's almost like you you have to experience it twice as much as a straight guy for you for your story to be heard or to be um, sort of recognized. I don't know whether if that makes sense. It's almost like. Um, like I can be in therapy, but when a straight person is in therapy, it's like, oh my god, a straight person is in therapy. That's so groundbreaking. Whereas for like a, a, a queer person, like you're in therapy, oh, okay, yeah, that's just normal. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I felt that kind of like like it's not an othering, but it's like a, it's like I feel like my voice isn't as heard um when I'm with my high school friend, which. I get because yeah. obviously they're all straight, right? So they'll obviously, you know, they, they will relate more to, you know, someone who's of their um, sexual orientation, um, which I get, but it's just like sometimes... Yeah, I, I think... Like, I No, totally. I get you know? it. Um, yeah, I... Definitely, there are some straight friends who just, like, don't really get it. And, um, yeah, and and at least one of them has has said to me, like, I don't... I feel like there is a bit of a barrier between us because of this. Like, I don't know how to talk to you about your queerness. So, yeah, like, um, yeah, and I can... Does he or she listen to the podcast? um, No, I haven't. I've mentioned it in passing, but I haven't really. um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, like, one of my straight friends does listen to it and has been very enthusiastic about it. yeah and mm-hmm. and thanks to you you know who you are <laughs> um but yeah i like i um yeah definitely i think i think it's just like it's a gap in knowledge of our experience i don't know that's how it feels to me um and sometimes i think like how it i have felt othered or like my experience doesn't matter as much as like i don't know it's just like straight people want to be i think it's it's like this it's it's because in this situation, like, we are minorities, right? Like, we're sexual minorities. And um, I think whenever um, you're a minority, the people who are in the majority, whether they realize it or not, they want to be the center of attention (laughs) or, like, their voices are loudest. They may not realize it and intend that, but Mm. that's just what happens, Um, you know? And so, yeah. I think like the way I've experienced it is like sometimes when I'll be talking about my um, opinion about a queer thing, like I'll have a straight person 
impose their view on it and i'm just like no <laughs> like yeah I mean, what do you mean by impose like they, they say do they come out and say that no you are wrong or is it more like they're showing their experience and then it, it, it um okay yours, so which the example i guess is difficult. like um like my opinion about queer spaces um, which I, I'm willing to have mm-hmm. that conversation or debate with other queer people. So, like, my stand on it is, like, I don't really like um, straight people in queer spaces, especially in Malaysia, because they're so, sm- like, literally, mm-hmm. physically, they are small, right? Like, there are not many spaces that you right. can go to, like, queer nights and, yeah, like, like square, square meter-wise, meter they are small. Oh, okay. So a straight person in those spaces yeah. is literally taking up space, right? That another queer person could right. actually be taking up. Um, and, you know, I there was one particular queer night which got so popular that, like, people were complaining that, you know, it's too crowded, it's, like, not fun anymore. And so they had to, like, impose certain measures to, to make it less crowded. Um, and, you know, in a situation like that, I imagine if I was straight, I would hope that I would be like, well, I'm just not going to go because that is, uh, you know, that's taking up space that's that could go to a, a, a queer person. Um, and, a, and a queer, when I put that opinion forth with two other queer people, one of them said, you know, um, but sometimes straight people in those spaces don't even realize that they're not straight. And I was like, you know what? You're right. Like I, yeah, like I have been to Pride in New York City at a time when I primarily identified as straight. Um, and But I was there and I think it is sort of an important moment that I had. I was there with my friends who were openly um, yeah. queer. Um, so yeah, I can, I and I was happy to concede to my, my queer friend that yeah, like, yeah, you're right. Like maybe sometimes someone is there when they're straight. Um, but actually they may be questioning and we don't know that and we shouldn't police it. Um, But if a straight person was to tell me like, oh, I don't think that's fair or like that's exclusionary, I would be like, "Mm, take a backseat. Like, (laughs) you know, like, because it's like um, in this particular example, right? Like it's, and that's what I mean by like straight people just like want to be sent like the center or like don't realize they're taking up like space or being loud because to them, they're like, oh, like I'm being excluded from a space because they're just so used to having access to space everywhere. Um, But from my point of view, it's like you're taking up space and also like straight people being in queer spaces can sometimes make them feel unsafe, right? Because like in, like like when I've been to queer nights Mm -hmm. in Malaysia, um, I have seen people, they change, like they literally will change at the venue. Like they'll come like dressed in like, whatever regular boring clothes and then they like when they get to the venue they'll change into something else that is maybe more flamboyant or like Mm -hmm. allows them to present their gender in a way that feels more affirming to them um which they probably don't get to do in other places and um you know i've been (laughs) and i've like made out with like someone like at at queer spaces like very openly Mm -hmm. and um that I wouldn't be able to do that in a straight club, you know? So like, there's just like, it's a safety yeah. issue as well, but it's like, and I'm sure if I had explained that to my friend, like um, 
like she would have been like oh, okay i get it like she's not an unreasonable person but it just like in the moment i felt like so like oh my god like why don't you yeah like why is this your opinion <laughs> like <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i think yeah i don't i don't think there's a right or wrong sort of i think it's a case-by-case basis i guess depending on you know the context and the topic i don't know i feel like I think, I mean, in general, all my friends are really tolerant. So, like, whenever I talk about my experience, like, you know, they, they are quite accepting. Like, they won't just be like, oh, no, that's wrong or whatever, right? Um, if it, I mean, if they were, they won't right. be my friends in the first place, I guess. Um, I guess, yeah, it's only, like, certain sort of topics where I guess I'm, I was kind of hoping or expecting, which, you know, I really shouldn't be expecting. But, you know, I was expecting, you know, for me to share my story which i am you know through the podcast which I, not all my friends listen to obviously um but it's almost like i feel like there's always this tension where you know there's a queer experience and a straight experience and then obviously they're never gonna you know gel together right because they're mm-hmm. both very different experiences um and but then that that creates especially this time in my life where i'm just kind of like i want a space where I can feel like I can talk about, you know, my feelings to people who will listen, but more than listen will be someone who would um, kind of remember it. Because a lot of the things that, you know, I say, I sometimes I have to repeat it a couple of times, like the queer experience. Like whenever they say, oh, so then how do you, um, I don't know, have sex or how do you go on dates or whatever shit, right? Like, I mm. feel like I, have to, I, I keep repeating right. this, like to the same people. After a while, I'm just kind of just like, okay, one, you either don't really care, because uh, this is like the fifth time you're asking the same question, which I've explained it already. And then two, you just are not, you know, hammering it into your memory or, you know, either or, la, I don't know. Like, either way, it doesn't make me feel, yeah. you know, great, because, yeah, because then you're just like, okay, then why are you even asking? Why are you asking this? And then, like, then, then the reaction is that if I don't want to talk about it, then they'll be like, oh, but like, why don't you want to talk about it? You know, it's, yeah, it creates this kind of like environment, which I'm not very sure how to. Right. I mean, sometimes. do you find yourself like hanging out with straight people less these days? Uh, no. So this is nothing about the gay community in, in, in Singapore. It's, very small mm. it's very transient uh, in the sense that people come and people go so i and i'm quite close to i'm still quite close to all my high school right. friends, right? and a lot of them are here um so i do tend to hang out with them more but i think as sort of time goes on and you know we are both in the periods of our lives where a lot of our friends are yeah. getting married having kids or you know they're sort of transitioning into a different phase of their lives and you know, more or less, like, I'm still where I am, you know, no, by, you know, by virtue of, you know, single um, and probably mm-hmm. not going to have kids anytime soon, right? So I feel like there is that natural tendency to, you know, to, to distance. Um, I don't think no one does it intentionally. It's that their priorities have changed. You know, my priorities have changed as well. So, yeah, it's it, I'm in a weird place, phase in my life where... Um, I still much prefer to hang out with straight people, to be honest. Um, straight people that I know versus gay people that <laughs> I, I mean, don't like. fair enough. Like, no one, 
No one should be hanging out with people they don't yeah. like. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and then but then like there's this this narrative especially in the in the game I mean the queer community where you know you you choose the family mm. that you you want to be with or some relationships uh some families not born by blood or whatever right so that's a narrative that at the back of my head of like oh okay yeah I should really hang out more with you know people from the community who you know twenty years from now you know will probably still be there for me in right. in the social aspect but you know from a sort of um nostalgia or like you know from a from from a comfort aspects most of the time i would much rather hang out with my um straight high school friends because I, I feel like i don't need to pretend you know to be who i'm not sometimes sometimes i feel like in the in the gay community like there's this and in my in my in in my case like there's this persona that mm-hmm. um sometimes i project who is not really me because I want to be like this like oh my god I'm so fun and like I can do this too but actually right. no, I don't really want to drink like I don't care about going to the gym like I'm I, I'm not that kind of gay in that sense oh my god that sounds really so racist homophobic I don't know <laughs> there's a word for it yeah because like I don't know because like I mean, like, we're all, you know, gay, yes, right. we're not a monolithic community, right? Yes, we have, we have, you know, uh, shared struggles as, you know, uh, uh, as a community, but individually, we all have, you know, different passions, different hobbies, and sometimes they just don't, um, most of the time, anyway, I find myself at odds with what the majority of gay people like, right. which is going to the gym, which I don't, or they like to do a lot of outdoor <laughs> stuff, which I'm once in a while and they like to go party and they like to you know put on this like persona where mm. you know they're always out drinking and you know i think they 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 they, they and not not they but like a lot of people take um sort of derive their energy from other people right um i think i'm in a t- phase in my life where i'm just you know yeah. dating myself and i'm okay <laughs> and i'm trying to kind of rebuild you know um I guess, you know, after the breakup and stuff. So yeah, I mean, it's a long-winded answer, but basically, no, I don't hang out with um, my gay friends a lot. And most of them, like I said, in Singapore, right. just kind of move away after a while. Um, I yeah. think that... What about you? I would say that a lot of my friends now are gay. Like, yeah, I think... Mm-hmm. I, I worried about that a lot when I moved from the US. I was like, oh, I'm going to lose... Because, like, in the U.S., like, through friends, I had access to a queer community. Um, and I worried. I was like, well, I don't really know that many queer people in KL. Um, I'm going to lose that part of my life. And organically, I've slowly started to find, like, other queer people. And I would say that I spend more time with queer people than straight people, Um yeah like mm. yeah the people who i intentionally spend time with i i would say are queer like more not all but like yeah i do i think i spend more time with queer people these days yeah i think that's great like when, if you especially like you know, yeah in malaysia i think you need that it can well, be harder to find you know, for it's... sure so yeah i think i i feel very grateful yeah. that i was able to find um like queer community here. Mm. 
That is true. I think if I was back in KL, I think I would probably <laughs> try harder to hang out with queer people. Because in Singapore, I mean, it's like, it's, I mean, it's quite open. I mean, society-wise, like, you know, you can find of queer friends. So I guess maybe there's a supply and demand issue here. <laughs> anyway, um, episode four yeah. and five, where we talk about dating apps. Um, oh my god, I can't talk about it. <laughs> no, I mean like in well, general. I'm not you know, dating anyone and I am not on an app. Um yeah. I'm mm-hmm. yeah, that's <laughs> I like mm. I won't get more specific. I just have mm-hmm. I have a crush on Full somebody. Stop. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you, O? How's your dating life? Yeah. <sighs> Uh, non-existent. Like there was, there are a couple of guys who came, like, do you want to go on dates? I'm like, no. <laughs> like I'm just not in that space right now. Like I said, I'm I'm happy kind of being on my on my own for a while. And I think like you know outside of um dating, there's a lot of um things that's changing in my life. Okay. Where, you know I'm moving house soon. Um, so I'm moving away from you know this place where I've stayed for like four years, which mm-hmm. has a lot of memories. Um, with the with the previous relationship, so I'm kind of looking forward to kind of start new ones. Um, so that's kind of you know on my mind, you know, the move, and then obviously work has been uh cray cray, and yeah, I don't think yeah, I mean like I don't feel like I want to even be on dating apps at the moment because most of them are hookup apps that I usually use. And like I don't really want to confuse sex right. with intimacy, and you know it's 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 a web that I I need to untangle myself from. But you know once in a while, <laughs> I mean I do have needs. So, uh yeah. So I so you know our I think yeah. episode five we, we spoke about racism, right? Um, and I think um you were doing a um, how was that going? Oh yeah, how I kind of have fallen off from doing that, so I should. I should get back to it. That's a good reminder. But it was like, um, I think one of the last ones um, I did, the last exercise was about body image. Um, it was, you know, what what do you like about your body? What do you feel like kind of just about it? And it was about embracing the things about your, your body that you feel self-conscious of and um, loving that as well. Um, which I think was quite powerful. I think I'm at a li- at a point in my life where I'm becoming a lot more aware of my, um, uh, how would I put it? I would say I'm becoming aware of how I have talked about my body to myself and I'm trying to be kinder to my body um, and I'm being more aware of mm. like, yeah, of what I, I I allow myself to hear about bodies in general. Um, yeah, so I'm trying to have a healthier relationship with my body and my self-image. And, um, you know, and that's, I, you know, whether you like it or not, that is intimately tied to your sexuality and how you can feel sexy or not or sexual. Um, and like I said, I think um, I'm trying to experience a solo sexuality which i think is what you're doing um with 
Uh, no. Well, okay, I think that there's a difference. I'm not even... I mean, I don't know. I'm not having sex with myself, I guess, but... I'm just not having sex with anyone. But, like, when I want to have sex, okay. I, right. I, I still go out there and find someone to have sex. Well, I mean, just I don't like, know. Is there a definition? You know, I mean, I think... Yeah, I think for me, like, I've only really thought about my sexuality or my sexuality and sexiness or sensuality only gets exercised when I'm with a partner. Mm. Um, I think I kind of neglect it when I'm on my mm. own. Um, and so I'm trying to... Um, have a relationship to my sexuality now while I'm single and not with a partner. Oh my god, I'm not answering that on fucking. Sex. I'm not. Asshole. I'm not revealing that. No, I, I, I know, know you, you little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's been a long time to our listeners to our viewers listeners. to our viewers <laughs> listeners if you're interested you know drop us an propose email. a sexy time <laughs> um <laughs> okay oh gosh uh so actually um, okay i had two friends i didn't tell you this by the way um like when we recorded well after we published yeah episode five we talk about racism right like i had two friends who were who had uh, very strong feelings i think because and i think and i remember recalling this yeah incorrectly as in the episode that we recorded i think we mm-hmm. had a discussion about racism and you know how you know preferences are just not preferences and then i think we you know i think i kind of shared my experience you know dating white men and then which has kind of at least in the beginning of my dating journey. And then we were kind of um, discussing, you know, how we can sort of recognize, um, you know, our preferences and, you know, maybe take a step back yeah. and reassess them in that in that sense. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I had a couple of friends, well, two friends who kind of wrote to me and said, like, but then, like, then what? Like, after you reassess that, yes, I only like a certain race and then, what's the conclusion does that mean i'm a racist which i didn't mm-hmm. really know how to answer because i don't know whether you have an answer but the way i i i, I kind of responded was like no i think you know what we we're trying to do is try and get you to recognize be self-aware that you have these preferences and then um and i don't think we were we gave a resolution right and i think it's something that maybe you had you you feel differently where you you feel like it needs to be resolved I think for me, when what I told them was that, you know, if you think that you only like a certain race, yeah. I mean, it's more often than not it's uh, your own race. Yeah, I mean, and I like, think in Southeast Asia, it can also be like white no, men as well. Like, I mean, or white people in general. Like that, and it's yeah. not um, that like straight women too yeah. <laughs> like will put on Tinder. Like I see, like my friend showed me like, he's a man and he like was on Tinder and he showed me like straight women in Malaysia who like say like white preferred that kind of thing so like it's not just queer people who do it obviously um yeah 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 so i think i think they you know they they, they didn't really know right. how to resolve it because i think maybe they recognized that it was something that um you know really kind of affected them but well, not affected them but you right. know it, it kind of like triggered a thought process that they haven't really thought about which i think like well i mean mm-hmm. that i mean that's the journey right that you know you have to go through i don't think we were at least i mean i don't think you know in our podcast we kind of 
our aim is not to tell you what to do because that's not what we're here <laughs> to do. I mm -hmm. think it's more for us to share our experience and what we think, and then what you do with that. You know, it's obviously something that you well, I did on our Twitter. Yourself. I did share some articles about people who have real like there was mm -hmm. one of an Asian American guy who realized that he was overwhelmingly attracted to white men when he first started actually dating or trying to pursue mm -hmm. people. Um, and he like he re he started to recognize that and also that it didn't really make him feel good. Um, and he started to, I can't remember what he did exactly, but he's, but like through that, I think through that process of reflection of understanding where that attraction came from, um, he started to be more open to dating people of other ethnicities. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, like, like I said, I'm not, wanting you to then like try and date people of other ethnicities to prove a point like i think that can be damaging especially if you haven't figured out mm. like the reasons for your yeah. preferences in the first place um but yeah i think it does require mm. a lot of soul searching and like you might find that you do have some biases and prejudices that you didn't realize were there um and yeah, I think, mm -hmm. yeah, I think I, I'm, I think it's quite complicated, but I think like under like the, the first step of like, just yeah. realize, recognizing that these preferences come from like something deeper and something like not great, to be honest, like to like our, our desires are shaped by, um, I would say nefarious forces sometimes. <laughs> so um, I think just like trying yeah. to un unpack that alone may surprise you in what it then like allows you to go forward and do um yeah it might it might make you feel more positive yeah. about yourself too you know i don't know like um so i don't have a definite yeah. answer because i think it is difficult but i think just just tr really trying to think and be critical of like where that desire is coming from um is already like a big step in the right direction yeah but check okay. out the links that we posted and that might give you oh. more insight Episode six, we had your work wife, colleague, and no, yes. friend, work yeah, wife. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Did I get that correct? <laughs> yeah, we had M on, on, on the episode, which was great because I think by episode <laughs> six, we were like, yep, I'm running out of things to say. <laughs> um, yeah, that was, that was great to have um, M on the show and to talk about like mental health in quite a in a way, I don't think it gets talked about very much in general. Um, I think, I think like, mm -hmm. you know, there is more awareness about mental health, but like, I feel like the the extent to of the conversation is often like, um, be there for your friend or like, um, be aware that people have mental health struggles, but it's like, yeah. And that's like kind of the extent of the conversation. Yeah, and I think it's. I mean, like you said, it's it's a, it's a it's almost a taboo subject, especially in Southeast Asia, where people don't really want to talk about it because you know then you know when the, I think the image that comes up when you know people talk about mental health mm. is like, oh, you're a crazy, insane person, which is not true. I think. I mean, that's how you know the media has portrayed it, or at least you know um, 
our social consciousness, you know, has that in our minds. Um, but I think mental health is like physical health. It's just about making sure that, you know, your mind is healthy. And I think everyone should be doing that. It's it's intangible, it's invisible. Yeah. So I think it's harder for people to grasp the importance of it. And yeah, like I said, you know, I've been um, going through um, a psychologist mm-hmm. for about two years now. I think it's been really helpful. Um, and you mentioned that you were going to start maybe yeah start thinking about going for yeah um which yeah. i think is it, it's like i mean i said then like it was connected to my body image stuff and um yeah i still i haven't gotten around to it mm. but i will soon like i think next month i'm gonna start like seriously looking at my options um yeah and it's i'm i'm looking forward to to that and um I, yeah, I think, I think it should be more normalized to go to therapy. Um, I wish everyone could afford it and access it, but yeah, I think, I think just advocating like, yeah, yeah. I just think like maybe just putting it out there that like, that's something that's normal and healthy to do is important. Is there like a political way to, well, not a political way, but is there ways to sort of get mental health coverage pushed for in Malaysia more? Like in, like, is there any sort of initiatives that's going on right now to get that? So help? actually, yeah. So um, actually, the the, the this came up. So the Malaysian government is trying to pass the budget right now, um, and there's a few things that have been of contention. Mm-hmm. And one of them is the allocation towards mental health, which has been cut. Um, yeah, yeah. So like we we already oh, really? have very oh, limited fuck. mental health services, and the new budget is cutting yeah. allocation. I can't remember the percentage, but it's been it's been quite drastically cut. And um, of all years, like during a pandemic, when people are experiencing, yeah, like mental health. Like, I mean, I think just amongst children, you know, like we're in a situation where like Malaysian kids have been out of school more than they have been in school. And, um, you know, I mean, like little kids need to socialize with each other. Like that's important for their mental health. Um, and they haven't been able to do that. Just just on that level, like kids are stressed out and anxious and depressed. And then, you know, you add on to like, people are losing their jobs like their parents may be experiencing like financial hardship that's going to affect them so it's like it's bad um so but i think and i was talking to em about this about how um maybe it it will be possible it is possible in this moment to to advocate for better mental health services and push for better um mental health because I think that is starting to finally be an awareness of um, the fact that we need mental health services. Um, and and so like, I think that is probably public support for, for advocating for it. And the other thing that's happening right now, I'm going to trigger warning, I'm going to talk about suicide, but suicide is still criminalized in Malaysia. I think it is in Singapore too, right? And so there is a push right now to decriminalize it. There is actually a conversation about how we need to decriminalize um, um, attempted suicide and that we need to treat people, um, offer them 
treatment rather than op- like mm-hmm. putting them in jail that doesn't help anyone um so yeah, yeah i think in a way that is that this is actually a good moment to if somebody out there wants to start a campaign um about better mental health ser- services and 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 mental health advocacy this is actually quite a good moment in malaysia to do it because there's an awareness of the importance of it and like um there is some political will i think to to decriminalize certain things and like to increase spending on on mental health so yeah i i so what can people yeah. do though like, like ordinary citizen like besides writing to the mps which well I'm i think it i mean this, so this <laughs> is the thing with result, organizing like i've been like i have a, a project um i was asked to like give some advice on on some people who were trying to put together campaigns on different issues and um i think like the way you want to look at any kind of campaign is to work backwards so say your end goal is to decriminalize suicide mm-hmm. right so that like requires government will but government will doesn't come mm-hmm. unless there is also quite visible public support and pressure so you have to think about how to link all these steps mm-hmm. together so i think one i mean it would be like you start a social media campaign about why um decriminalizing suicide is important right um and you show how you know with help yeah. lots of people can actually enjoy a better quality of life and it's it's um it's beneficial to everybody to do this right whatever you put together your message um and then you link it to a petition and um so you have a clear call to action that people um this many people support us decriminalizing suicide and you then maybe mm-hmm. have a public campaign where you send this petition to your mp and you say like look i this many people support this what is your stance on it right and then you can create a public scorecard you can like put a list of the mps and you say like this person didn't respond or like this person responded and say they um support decriminalization mm. um yeah i think that's super super so, effective as a um you know and uh, i would yeah. say look at um sayoni in singapore um they did this It was a bit of a controversial thing. So Sayoni is a LGBT it's a no it's a LBTQ organization. So it's like for queer women I believe. I'm a, yeah. And they rated Singaporean politicians stances on on queer issues. Um and their rating was kind of controversial like some people criticized like who they gave good ratings to and so on. Um but I think it's still like mm-hmm. it it was the first time I think that anyone was publicly documenting the stances of Singaporean politicians on queer issues um mm-hmm. and I think that that can be a very effective advocacy tool um you know and, and so you, you and you can also like organize say a panel you can like invite Um like there are mental health organizations out there in Malaysia. So you can like connect to them and say like um you know how can I help? Do you have any ongoing campaigns or like work with them to maybe organize a panel on like um how can we help people who are 
very depressed, like, you know, put out concrete things. So like, there's lots of things you can do, I think. Um, like, this is just like the, this is my like 101 on how to start a campaign on something. <laughs> like, um, yeah, you think of the end goal and then you work backwards, yeah. thinking about all the ways you can create like tangible um, public pressure on the issue. Because like, that's what makes governments change their mind and moves them to vote it's like when enough people who vote for them say that they care about an issue that's when they'll consider it so that's that's what i would say if you want to start a mental health campaign um those are some of the things you can do <laughs> great it's great advice i think we should yeah so i mean yeah so like there's that. lots of you know <laughs> those instagram infographics but you know tie it to something concrete like not so it's not just yeah. people sharing it but then like a link to a petition and or like a scorecard or like yeah or a letter writing mm -hmm. campaign where you get your mp to like respond yeah. like how do they stand on this issue yeah. um yeah so you know and there are some some mps and some um aduns which are the state representatives have already expressed that they are in favor of decriminalizing suicide so you know invite them to speak on a panel um and like amplify their message. You know, you want to amplify the correct message or the good message. So mm. do that so that you can you can build momentum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And on that note, I mean it I think it's uh we are at an hour and twenty five. Yeah, I think we'll, we're not editing we'll... this it. I mean maybe we'll edit some parts out, but most of it yeah. <laughs> will just be posted as is um but yeah i think um well we actually recorded episode seven which is um on drag culture with um becca the bus um but i'm not sure whether right. this episode will go out before or after so i think we'll save you know that review for our next unplugged session um and yeah i think uh, episode nine we uh... have um something lined up right d do you want to talk about it or do you want to make it <laughs> Serious. Wait, what are we doing for episode nine? I forget. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh right, right, right. Yes, next oh week. Oh my god! I was like blanking out. Yes. Yeah. Okay. We have a we have another guest coming on um, next week. We're going to talk to another one of my colleagues. I was like joking. I was like, we're going to talk to everyone in my office by the end of this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but in a bit, we'll just invite the entire thing. We can be yeah. like, uh, uh, <laughs> like everyone working at my company, everyone gets to be interviewed by me and O. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk to my friend um, and colleague who is in Indonesia. So we're, we're really like exploring ASEAN, like the region, which is very exciting. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's what we're going to do for the next episode. Yeah. Stay tuned. Yeah. And I guess All right, on that take note, care, everyone. we will say goodbye this week. All right. Bye.